What is going on, everybody? It is Draped in Glow, the unofficial NXT UK and NXT Pro Show. It's me, Flobo, and you are listening or watching the 12121 at 1 p.m. episode in the 21st century. Yo, how's everyone doing? We're going to talk about what's happening in UK, what's happening in the United States, what's happening all over, but I am not alone. I'm being joined by the CEO of Anytime Radio Show and the president of Elite of the Week. Give it up for real, Jack Farmer. I am so glad to be here. I this, you know, I'm just gonna say it. The midweek wrestling, it was solid. There wasn't a whole lot of craziness, but NXT UK really delivered as always. What a fantastic show we had today uh, on NXT UK um, and. Uh, I, I'm excited to talk about it. NXT UK has been a real treat over the past couple months. Yeah, I think you and I were in agreement that last night's Wednesday Night War wasn't bad. It was pretty solid. But NXT UK, I guess because it's in a certain time, different vibes, fresh eyes, uh, has a bit of a vibe uh, or a positive vibe to it. But this is Raped and Gold presented by GameAware. You too can suit up and play on at GameAware.com. GMRware.com. Use promo code global for a discount. Jack Farmer. Let's start at the bottom, because the bottom is the top. The NXT Women's Championship was on the line with Kaylee Ray, your girl, taking on Ginny, my girl, in an epic contest. And for some reason, Joseph Connor still takes the L. What happened, Jack? This was a match. I told you how it was going to go, Flobo. I told you what was going to happen, and that's Kaylee Ray was going to Kaylee Ray. And she came in and she showed the world why she's the longest reigning, reigning women's champion under the entire WWE umbrella. She got a big win, not just beating Ginny, but also beating Connors at the same time. And what I love about NXT UK is that it is the kind of place where when you take an L, you take an L, and there's none of these like <laughs> silly kind of phony baloney ways matches end, if you know what I'm getting at. There's none mm -hmm. of these like kind of half wins. Everything's a real win and a real loss. And I like that Kaylee Ray went out there, took on Connors, came back in the ring. The, fi the finishing stretch of this match was fantastic because the whole time you don't know what's going to happen or who's going to yeah. come out on top. But Kaylee Ray gets the win while the entire universe is watching. I love this match. I love the way they did it. I love the whole thing. It was really well done. I'm happy. Yeah, I thought it was a back-and-forth contest. I really wanted to see Ginny win that championship. I do think she's earned, but we have Kaylee Ray with 510 days to go. Give it up to Jeremiah's watching this on Periscope. What up? Uh, hey, says, hey. Kaylee Ray needs to face Ava Valkyrie. Now, there was a point in the match we saw the screen change. It looked like Ava Valkyrie, from what I can tell, uh, even though there was not a second appearance. Is this the next collision course for the current NXT UK Women's Champion? I feel like it has to be. She Valkyrie is the only one that I think has the resume at this point. Uh, Jenny had earned it by getting the win over Piper Niven, but at this point, I think Valkyrie is the only one that really kind of stands up. I want to say, by the way, talking about the the screens, I love that they had the entire division watching this match on the screens. I think it's something that all the other shows under the WWE umbrella should do, and having people who are actually wrestlers watching the wrestling matches and letting us see who's out there watching. I thought that was a really cool touch, but Valkyrie, I, I think she's the only one that has the resume that warrants a title shot at this point. Do you miss the uh, the olden day olden days the olden days of 2019 <laughs> where, where wrestlers will watch backstage of the monitors 
and look at them? You rather have them on the screen now and say, why not? I mean, if you're going to have the screens there, why not? You should. I was never a huge fan of the, the awkward positioning of watching the screens. I always thought it felt forced. Um, I, I didn't mind it so much back in the old, old days, back in the old 2000s and, uh, you know, the 90s where when they were watching, they were watching it like a gorilla position on the smaller screens. Yeah. And it felt just a little more gritty watching along. Uh, yeah. as opposed to the screens feels a little too produced, a little too clean. Um, so uh, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the, the weird positioning of the TV next to them watching that. Uh, I like the screens. Uh, if you're going to have the screens there, you might as well let us see them Zoom style. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Uh, the one that tripped me out was when people always watch the, the monitor sideways, I guess, for the camera. It was always like one of these things. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. That's <laughs> what I didn't like is when they were like awkwardly positioned. I get why yeah. they do it for the viewer right. position, but that's when sometimes I think WWE is just a little too well produced and it doesn't, Ooh, I, I can't, I can't get into it as much because it feels too clean, a little too fresh, a little too produced. And I, that's what I hate about that. No one watches TV like that. Um, and that's one of those times where I think we as viewers would be okay with them standing differently yeah. to watch the TV properly. I had a really dumb joke, joke in my head, but I won't say it. Uh, so oh, that's no fun. <laughs> Send in the private chat. <laughs> I totally will. Uh, so, so again, we have Joseph Connors here. It was never established what the relationship is between Ginny and Joseph Connors, whether it's business, whether it's romance, whether it's strictly just wrestling, if it's strictly just I'm going to help you get opportunities, kind of a mutual thing. But he got involved, and you can argue, cost Ginny the match. Does Ginny keep this guy around, or is it curtains for Connors? Why does it got to be business or romance? Why can't they just be good friends? Maybe, well, that's what I'm saying. Give me something. Give maybe me. they just play Among Us and they're like, hey, you're pretty cool. Let's just hang out together. If there Let's was chat. an Among Us angle, I'm all, all about it. I, that's <laughs> tough, there was a gaming angle, dude. Like, yeah, we just <laughs> Twitch all the time. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah, I would be all about it. <laughs> right. I'm just trying to – him being there at ringside is the ringside version of a retweet. That's all it is. is okay, fair enough. Trying to help out. No. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I still like them as a pair. I still like them together. I think it makes her stand out even more. I think it shows that she's more than just a women's competitor. She's got an entourage. And I think that someone like Jenny is more than just a, a women's competitor. So she should have an entourage. Yeah, entourages are cool. I mean, I don't got a posse, but I know Jack Farmer does. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, Elite the Week, man. Yeah. Well, we got <laughs> to move on real quick because speaking of people watching stuff, uh, Sam Gravel was just critiquing trailers and promos now backstage. Uh, Din wasn't that impressed with Ben Carter. Looks like he's going to beat him up next week. Is this the business? Is this how you go about having matches? You don't go to general managers. You just, like, critique their promo packages. I love it. I think it's so funny. Uh, I thought it was because it's happened twice now, and both times it caught me off guard that he was just watching on his phone like, this is stupid. <laughs> I got a good chuckle out of it. I think it's a great approach for Gradwell to have, and I think Gradwell is the kind of guy that if he does say it's stupid, it kind of hurts. He's, he has kind of that high school bully vibe to him that – he feels like he's going to shove you in a locker for doing something stupid when you think you're being cool. And I think him and Ben Carter are going to have a banger of a match. Now, Gradwell should start trying to pick up a few wins before talking too much, but uh, I think they're going to have a, a banger of a match. I like this approach. I like knowing now that anytime I see a really personal, heartfelt, powerful message, it may end with Gradwell going, this guy's a yogurt. <laughs> 
Oh, what a loser. Uh, yeah, shout out to everyone in the chat hanging with us. We got Dylan Matthews, Jeremiah, Elliot Fletcher, and Will Five. Good muffin. Uh, of course, we have the Everything Tournament happening later today on the twitch.tv slash Cena channel. Uh, speaking of people that need some wins, this has to be one of the most curious ones I've seen in a while here at NXT UK. <clears throat> Tyson T-Bone, usually like a reserve, if that's a word I can use in this brand, is usually brought out and is usually on the losing end of things. But he was put in the match by Kenny Williams for his tag team partner, Amir Jordan, and takes the loss again. Lot to unpack here. Why is Kenny Williams booking matches for his partner? Why is Amir Jordan going on with it? And can Tyson T-Bone, even though he slimmed down, can he ever buy a win? I like Kenny. He, uh, he's me and him are cut from the same cloth. Cause I can tell you right now that if I was booking matches for you, Flobo, I would book the worst matches you could ever imagine for you. Heard here uh, first. Guys, I, thanks. <laughs> um, uh, in fact, earlier today, I was asking you, would you rather take a shot from Walter or Keith Lee? <laughs> you did ask that. What the hell? <laughs> do, do I have a match with Walter now? <laughs> Maybe. Um, but uh, I like that. I thought that was fun. I came away with it from this match. This was my first experience with T-Bone. I loved T-Bone. T-Bone was great. He looks like the kind of guy that should be beating up Bruce Willis in a movie. He looked like the kind of guy that should be fighting in blood sport. I love this dude. He looked big. He looked mean. I loved how Nigel was saying he's got a tattoo of the Virgin Mary on his fist. It's a preemptive beg for forgiveness kind of situation. Yeah. He just has the look. I thought he looked like a bruiser. I, I loved how he was throwing Amir Jordan around. He just has a big, mean, tough guy look that I would love to see him beating some people up more in the future uh, on NXT. I hope we get to see more of him. He really impressed me, even though he took the loss. Of course, Amir Jordan's the story here, though. The fact that he withstood the beating, he withstood the attack, he withstood this big, mean-looking dude, and he got a sneaky little win. And I say sneaky little win, not in a derogatory way, but just... He was able to reverse some moves, use some good wrestling logic, and got a big win, I think. I guess so. I can't argue with that so much. Dylan Matthews has this, though. Walter versus Lowe with Jack as a special guest enforcer. Jack hasn't enforced anything in his life. <laughs> what are you talking about? I would be the enforcer for Walter. because <laughs> <Yes>. I'm not... <laughs> Comes in a tracksuit. Hey, Jack, you're supposed to be impartial. <laughs> Sorry, man. They put my wow. name in the Imperium. How can I say no? <laughs> I, I, that's, I, that's why I said that Jack does sell out. Uh, it's, it's fine. Um, yeah. I, I agree with you on all points. Amir Jordan's a story here. Uh, probably that solo run. Yeah, it's good good to get it. I mean, Tyson T-Bone's win-loss record was unfavorable going into this, so it makes sense. Although, I do say this. You're Tyson T-Bone, man. And you were in the UK, the original UK title tournament, but you haven't won so much. You were set on camera that you walked away to recalibrate, and you still lose. I hope something else comes from that, storyline-wise. That'd be kind of fun to see Tyson T-Bone get angry or or frustrated or, or uh, what's the word, distraught. But here's somebody I want to talk about. Ilya yeah. Dragunov. No mm -hmm. more contacts. No more slamming the ground and praying on the way to the ring. This guy is muted, but way more <clears throat> vicious. And this match against Jack Stars, I think going into this, we kind of knew what was going to happen. I had no faith in Jack Stars. I said it last week, run the tape. But the way that Dragunov won that match makes me believe something sinister is afoot. Jack Farmer? Before we get into Dragunov, I just got to give a shout out to Jack Stars. He didn't get the win here, and his win-loss record isn't the most flattering record you're going to come across. But today he had some fight in him. Today he looked like he, he made some strides, and he did some good things, and he even, 
he even got under the skin of Dragunov a little bit during the match with some of his uh, his moves. So I thought he did a good job. I want to give a, a tip of the cap to him. But yeah, as I said on Twitter today, watching this match, everyone says that when you have a match with The Fiend, that it changes you. But no, I say when you have a match with Walter, it changes you. This is not the same Dragunov we're used to. He was brutal. He was vicious. He wouldn't stop elbowing his own friend in the head during their match, even after it was called. I like this new Dragunov. I like where it's going. I like this new tood that he has. I want to see more of him, and I want to see him taking on some bigger, tougher, meaner competition. He raised a good point about people changing after facing Walter. If you look at all his matches he had in UK, we're talking Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, A Kid, Joe Joe Coffey, Ilya Dragunov. Once you face Walter, you do not end up being the same person. It's, I guess he is the fiend of UK, which is kind of yeah. weird if you think about it, because he doesn't ask to say "let me in." He just shows up. He's in yeah. your house, just like beating up people. <laughs> <laughs> But but Ilya though is, is, is I have to ask the question is he becoming more of an antagonist? Because he did work that match as somebody who's a bad guy, but he showed remorse after what he did to good old Jack. No, I don't like that you say that he's an antagonist just because he's being a little bit more uh, ambitious in his matches, just because he's being a little more aggressive. He just do what he needs to do to win. He didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything mean. He didn't do anything like, he didn't put on brass knuckles flow, but he didn't poke anyone in the eyes. He didn't do any low blows. He just did whatever it took to win. Now, maybe he threw a few elbows after the match was over, but yes. you got to put yourself in his shoes. You're in the heat of the moment. What if you didn't hear the bell ring? What if you weren't 100% sure? If he stopped throwing the elbows and Jack Stars got up and pinned him, we'd all say, see, that's why you finish the match. All Dragunov was doing was finishing the match. It's called being a professional. He did the right thing here. And, I mean, Jack Stars took a few extra lumps for it, but at the end of the day, that's what champions do. They finish the match. They go through the finish line, and they go through the bell. I'm actually glad you said that because if there's ever a chance for a Dragunov Walter 2, an unhinged Dragunov could be, frankly, unbeatable. He went Super Saiyan today, Jack. I mean, would Walter's strategy would have to change if Ilya Dragunov is reinvigorized and energized? What's the word? Well, <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know. I think um, I don't know if an unhinged Dragunov could beat to Walter because I think, like we said the other week, A-Kid found the, the, the formula. You've got to find a way to stop Walter from getting into his game plan and keeping him on his toes. If you're unhinged, I don't know if you have the the right strategy to approach a Walter. I think you, you can't – you're never going to out-muscle or just out-brute force a Walter. You're going to have to have some kind of game plan or some kind of trick up your sleeve to beat him. And if you're unhinged, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. That said, I think Dragunov is going to be incredibly difficult to beat from anybody else on the roster if he continues to be this aggressive going forward. Johan Pena says, I would love to see the rematch. I would, too. Here's a question, kind of oh, a yeah. weird one. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter to me because they're on two different brands. But I look at Jack Starr's attire. Should Rey Mysterio sue for gimmick infringement of having the tights outside, the, the, the trunks outside the tights? <laughs> I, just, I didn't even know. Um, it's the American way, of course. <laughs> just, in the UK, it's the American way to take, take a Mexican wrestler's gimmick. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's from San Diego. That's fine. Um, okay, yeah. so but our last match today was actually our first match today. And I have questions upon questions. Rampage Brown 
one of the biggest sign-ins, I guess, either the biggest or the second biggest after Ben Carter, depending on your interpret, had a match against Boma Dave Mastiff. The moves hit so hard, the screen shook with every blow, but Rampage Brown gets the victory. I'm puckered my lips. My apples are soured. You know what I mean? Like, my gears are grinded. What yeah. happened here today, Jack? Walk me through this. Rampage Brown beat Dave Masters in our opening contest? So this is, a, this is one of the examples of why I say what makes NXT UK special is they don't have half wins. They don't have, like, the sneaky roll-ups. They don't have the uh, silly shenanigans. They don't do things to cause wins and losses that make you feel like you didn't get a real win or a real loss. This was too big bison running into each other it was like watching with all due respect to the hunt it was like watching a gorilla and a bear have a match against each other and they just hit each other as hard as they could the entire time this is what sets nxt uk apart matches like this you don't see this in any other company you don't see this on any other brand these guys laid into each other, Flobo, mm-hmm. and I can't believe Rampage was able to lift up Mastiff. I can't believe they were throwing drop kicks at each other. That's how big, that's how strong this match turned into be. They pulled out all of the stops, and right now, if you are Mastiff, I think you have to be asking yourself, where do you stand after taking a couple of big losses? And if you're Rampage, you need to be asking yourself, why am I not being talked about as a contender to the NXT UK Championship already? Yeah, I mean, it's the one a statement wins for Rampage Brown on a win streak since signing with the company, but I got to give it to you. Even though I'm sitting, lying and waiting, hoping for Worlds Collide to ever happen to get that Bronson Reed-Dave Mastiff match. If you're Dave Mastiff, he always seems to be the guy that has these hot runs, and when things start to count starts to fall i mean he was a former number one contender uh here's a guy that that was was a heavily favored on on jack's projections to win the heritage cup mm-hmm. tournament and i would say i thought he was gonna win this match today and all of them came up short what has to change if you're the bummer you said mastiff was heavily favored to be fair everything mastiff does is heavily so um i don't know i don't know what you do with him um I mean, he has all the tools to hang in there. I, as I always say, one of the things that makes Dragunov smart is that he put himself in a match in a situation to start rebuilding momentum. Momentum's so important, and right now Rampage has all of it. Mastiff doesn't, and he needs to take a step back, I think, and get some momentum going, especially when you're someone that big. Once you get rolling, you're hard to stop. But you look at the people who are in that top tier in NXT UK, and they've all got momentum going their way. When you look at rampage now but coffee as well when you look at walter these are people who are letting themselves get that momentum going and that's what makes them stand out and i think that that's what he needs to do i think he needs to sort of for lack of a better term maybe go back down the list and start finding some people he can start getting that momentum going with again was this match an upset i think so I, not not as a shot against Rampage, but Rampage is still new. Rampage yeah. hasn't been around that long. But I mean, he's got some big wins, obviously. But I think when you're someone who's on your third match uh, in the company, mm-hmm. um, I believe it's About third. That. Yeah, uh, third. I would say third. Third match, a win over a Mastiff is an upset, and that's again not a shot at Rampage. It's just more. I, I think anyone on their third match beating someone like Mastiff would be considered an upset. 
So, yeah, I, I think you have to call it an upset. That said, I don't think any Rampage wins going forward will be considered upsets. Fair enough. Um, before we head over to NXT Classic, man, it's kind of chilly in my apartment. You know how I get some like nice warm beverages to have during the dead of winter season? Yeah, when you're in the dead of winter and you're trying to warm up, get something nice and hot to drink, and especially because it gets dark out earlier, so it's kind of a little tough to stay awake. You get a little sleepy. I always turn to Broaster's Coffee, which you can get at www.thebroasters.com. They have flavors of all kinds from organic weekly roasted beans in small batches, not the big stuff, not that bowel-shaking stuff you get at the grocery <laughs> store. I'm talking about the good stuff. You can get it at www.thebroasters.com. Use promo code BRO code one. You're not going to regret it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, right. hey, hey, we've all we've all had gas station coffee. Let's not pretend like we don't know what I'm talking about. You know, it, the best jokes are ones that are true. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> let's talk about that main event last night. The second ever fight pit that put Tommaso Ciampa against Timothy Thatcher. These two men were are not the best of friends. Uh, the result was interesting to me because you know how I feel about both these guys. You know how I feel about this angle. But hey, fight pit's a big deal. I NXT's version of Hell in the Cell, or at least like the classic version, where like, no, nothing's bigger than this match. Mm -hmm. Did it deliver? Did the right guy win? Just overall thoughts. So this was one where I want to say real quick this before we dive into this night. I, I did want to say this was the the night of uh, Dusty Cup upsets. It seems, but mm -hmm. um, getting into this main event, the fight pit. You've asked me before, what do I think is the new big? feud rivalry blow off match i think it's the fight pit this feels like a big scary structure i really like it i want to see more of it i don't know if this kind of match will work once fans are there though because i feel like if you were a fan in the stands you wouldn't be able to see much at all during this match i don't think so either um, prison match rules yeah because yeah you you yeah you really wouldn't be able to tell what's going on so that'd be a bit frustrating but i love this match i love the setup i love that the cage is inside where the ropes would be uh, instead of outside where the ropes would be. It makes it feel tighter, a little more claustrophobic. I love it. Um, so that was cool. I thought the match was cool. Um, I've said before, this is one of those rivalries where I don't know if the sum is greater than the parts. I like everything involved in it. I just, for some reason, didn't I didn't latch on to it. I wasn't really invested into this rivalry. That said, now that it's over, I think... Thatcher needs to be put into a very high-profile spot. A win over Champa is a big deal in NXT. Champa is one of the biggest, most dangerous names in NXT history. A win over him means you should be in a title position. He needs to be going for a title of some kind. He's earned it with this win, and I don't think you can argue that. If you're Champa, man, you're talking about trying to find real tough guys and you just took two hard L's to two new guys between Karrion Cross and Th Timothy Thatcher. I, I don't know how you continue to say I'm looking for tough guys. you got to prove you're a tough guy at this point because you just got taken out by two new guys. Yeah. I don't know how you can stand and continue to say, I think this locker room's weak. I think at this point, Champa's starting to look old. He's starting to look like he's being replaced. And I love Champa, by the way. I'm not, I'm not trying to put him down. I'm just saying if I'm looking at the facts, if I'm looking at the numbers, 
Champa needs to figure out a way to find a place on this roster that is evolving beyond him very quickly. The only, and I agree with you 100%. I'm not here to disagree with anything you said. I think you hit the nail on the head multiple times. Um, but the one saving grace I have uh, off of, of Champa's thing, storyline wise, is because his, he looked distraught after losing, because it was a straight tap out, and because perhaps cleverly he grew his hair out so he looked even older. This may lead to something. If it does not, I think that we'll look back at this match when we all said, I think this guy's washed. And it's sad, too, because as much as I have my own personal reservations with Tommaso Ciampa, he is completely valuable to the, to the roster because we still need a little bit of transition of what NXT was in 16 and 17 and what it is today. But, yeah, he's just not cutting it, bruh. Wow. What yeah. a match. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I love Ciampa. I, he's, I'm a big fan of his. I, love, I loved everything he's done. I thought... His run, his through his title run was amazing. I think since since that final heartbeat match, he's been looking for something. I think his rivalry with Gargano, his his whether it be as friends or enemies, was so good, and they were doing such good things. It, it's hard to take something that great and I think jump to the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's highlighted by the fact that it seems like Gargano has jumped to the next thing, and we're still waiting for Champa to find his next thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's a great storyteller. He's a great person. He's entertaining. He's a good, he's a good wrestler. He'll find something, but it's kind of getting to a point where it's like, man, you need to find it because right now everyone else is starting to click. Everyone else is starting to find their footing. And, you know, in NXT, they don't wait for you to find a spot. You've got to find a spot quick. And, and he's, he's finding for the first time in a long time that he's got to find his spot again. Yeah. Elliot Fletcher says, uh, Black Sage exclusive, Ciampa and Thatcher, they respect each other, Booker Man. And Ciampa says he wants to be in the Dusty Classic replacing Troy and Adonis. Interesting mm. prospect. I know a lot of people on wrestling Twitter wants these two guys to be a tag team, but I also feel that sometimes people say that because people are similar. Am I right? Am I wrong? What do you think, Jack? I get it. Yeah, they seem similar. So they, they could be a team. Um, I get it. I think that might work. It, it, it might work. It doesn't... Um, tickle me i'm not super pumped about it i'm not like i'm not really jazzed to see it my bowels aren't shaking yes. my bowels aren't shaking <laughs> i'm not having that ampm coffee but uh i do i i mean it might work like i said i like the guys so maybe that'll work um but i i one i think one of the issues is is um i I, like I said, I wasn't really invested in this before, so I don't know if continuing it in any way would make me invested. Um, two, at the end of the day, when you put together a team like this, I, I don't know if Champa could really ever be a friend and a partner with someone who just beat him. I feel like at the end of the day, Champa's going to want to try to get that back and get revenge. Champa's not a guy that lets go of grudges. You know what I mean? He doesn't just let things yeah. go. And right. so if they were to team, this would be a time bomb waiting to go off and waiting to explode. And I don't know if I want to see them have another match. Fair enough. I agree with you. I don't ask if Chompa needs to graduate. I think we both say yes. But yeah. this today's episode was all about that Dusty Classic and the first ever women's Dusty Classic. Got some action in there where Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm, which the promo happened first. I thought we were a heavy favorite to win this whole Thing. Got upset by my girls, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Um, what? 
was that? Casey showed up, did she not? She, that top move, that, that move, that finish, like, I, as I was watching, watching this match, I had so many thoughts. I had so many things I wanted to talk about, but when she put that exclamation point on the end of this match, that move was incredible. That move was fantastic. I've never seen a move like that before. I don't even know where you would begin to call it. Like, I don't know how many rotations it was. I don't know how many twists it was. I don't know if you call it a moonsault or a whatever. It, there was just so much stuff to it. It was so cool to see. Uh, that was a highlight moment uh, of her for me. And she had some cool moments in the Royal Rumble in the you know previously. So um, I think that was her highlight real moment right there that really made her stand out. Fantastic stuff. I definitely think we all want to see it again. I don't know if she... I guess I don't know if she can just pull it off anytime she wants. That feels like a once in a lifetime move. Um, but the question that we end with that I have to ask is would they have won without Io Shirai? I know you're an Io Shirai hater, man, but ultimately, no one cares. Because <laughs> look, we can sit there and talk about this all day long, but when the records state somehow Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez, not say somehow, because it's not really an upset, because Caden Carter and Casey Katnazar are only a few in the legit natural tag teams. But yes, on paper, they were favored to win. It's going to be a footnote. No one cares that, that uh, Roderick Strong turned on Pete Dunder on his booty era. It just happened. You know, things get forgotten. No, but I think it matters. I think it's important. And it's not just because I have my favorites, but Flobo, this is one of the few teams that have been an actual team in NXT. Sure. So if they should win. If they, In fact, I would say that if Caden and Casey don't win the entire Dusty Cup, they need to rethink what they're doing as a team. Because if a random put-together team can beat a team that has been together for at least a year – maybe longer yeah uh what are they doing so you raise you know what's the point if they're if they can't even beat made up tag teams what are they doing as a team they've got to rethink what they're doing if they don't win this whole thing they've got a lot on the line here so you raise a good point had they lost in the first round i would say their loss would have come with an idea of adding legitimacy to the the brackets which we'll talk about later in the periums match but the fact they didn't now the target's on them so now they're their legit organic tag team casey katnazaro got the win because for a long time it was Caden carter doing a lot of the heavy lifting here you got casey's coming up showing up girding her stripes I think this may be the new number one favorite for that entire tournament. I mean, Jessica May aside. They should be they should be the favorite. They should have been the favorite to to start. That's why I'm saying the fact that we didn't think of them as a favorite, I think, is would be troubling uh to me if I was one of them or if I was managing them in some way. But hey, they got the win, so it doesn't matter. They've proven at least for another week that they are a you know a dominant team here. They added that new move, which was fantastic. I can't Praise it enough. Um, yeah, and as Dylan Matthews says in the chat, Ricochet uh, maybe helped out with that finisher. Possibly. I don't know. Casey was the one that did it. Maybe Casey's giving Ricochet all the moves. Let's start giving her some credit. Um, but uh, I think that um, I think they, they need to win this whole thing. If they don't win the whole thing, then um, I think they might need to start looking at parting ways. On the other side of the men's Dusty Classic, we had Imperium, Iger and Barthel, taking on uh, Lucha House Party, which we're not sure what brand they're on because they both appear on Raw and NXT, but it seems that Wrestling Twitter wants them on NXT full-time. Lucha House Party advances with Imperium taking the L, 
But let's go ahead to how that match ended with a certain returning Alexander Wolf on top of the ramp. Jack Farmer, Imperium, took an embarrassing loss so much the UK office had to come and investigate. What? Uh, I love Eichner. Uh, I love Imperium. Still one of the coolest uh, entrances. Uh, I like Eichner. We were talking about how he's great. Uh, I love uh, Bartel, though. Um, I was saying to you while I was watching this match, I'm getting Nick Aldis vibes from Bartel. I'm getting, especially when he was younger in, in, in Impact, still kind of figuring out where he was going to be. Um, I could see Bartel really growing into being a real top competitor. Oh, yeah. They took the loss. Obviously, Wolf shows up. The story isn't just that Wolf showed up, Flobo. The story is the shock on the face of Imperium when he showed up. They did not look happy to see him. They did not look like, oh, yeah, our buddy is here. And he didn't look super thrilled to be walking down to seeing his buddies lose either. Mm -hmm. I think that this is like Silver Surfer showing up before Galactus comes to eat the worlds. I think Walter may be making a trip stateside. So let me ask you this, because that does beg the question. In this turn in 2021 with travel restrictions and quarantines and all of that, is it worth it to have your current NXT United Kingdom champion in Florida to push the storylines of NXT Classic, or would you rather them have in the UK despite the fact the United Kingdom may be in lockdown? If you're Walter, you don't care what the company's trying to do. You're the ring general. You go where you need to go. And right now, Imperium has been divided. Imperium has been fractured, and they haven't had that same power level sense. And I think Walter's sick of it. I think Walter's sick of seeing his teams lose, and I think he's rallying the troops. He's bringing them together. And I think that shocked look on the face of Imperium today is just a precursor for the shocked and destroyed faces of the wrestlers of NXT very soon. Hmm. So you would have Walter in NXT? I think I, right now, as NXT tries to, as UK figures out who the next contender is going to be, I think that's the best thing to use Walter for. Like, there's no point in him staying there and chopping people down before they get their momentum going. You need to have him head over stateside and chop some people over in the States while the UK gets their division lined up again. Uh, this is actually a family show. <laughs> We're <laughs> chopping people now. Chopping them down. <laughs> when, when any show, whenever Walter does a chop, it's not family friendly. It's, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. <laughs> but let's talk about the other tag team match today in the Dusty Classic. Probably another upset in some certain ways, in some ways of looking at it. Uh, the team of Kushida and Leon Ruff taking on Austin Theory and Dario Gargano, the way, or the, the way men, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, with Kushida and Ruff getting the win? Huh? Huh? Are you a believer? Are you a believer? Huh? Is that, is that, is that 2024 shirt? How did it come back in time to use, for you to buy that? You know what? He's not actually a time travel. It's a thing he does. It's not really his identity. I'm just saying, that was great. How I'm sure he, he came back in time and told you to do that. He did. Um, he did. So I'm going to say something, and you're going to want to cut me off. You're going to want to cut me off, and you're going to want to interrupt what I'm about to say. Is he telling me um, Kenny Omega was best dressed last night on Dynamite? Because that wasn't uh, true. Um, I, just let me finish what I'm going to say, though. The reason I'm going to say NXT is a developmental brand. And I'm not saying it's not because the people aren't as good or not as competitive or anything like that. I'm going to say NXT is a developmental brand because no brand in the history of pro wrestling that I have ever seen 
is as good as NXT is at developing wrestlers into people that I love. Because this is for people who at one point I couldn't care less about that have all developed into people I love watching. And they've done it with just about every single star they've ever brought on that show. When uh, Austin Theory, he had stuff going on, they bring him to NXT, and he's being rehabilitated right before our eyes. Johnny Gargano, he won the title, then he lost it, and we're like, what's next for him? Now he's developing into something new that is fun to watch and interesting. Kushida was at one point just a guy that we didn't know what he was supposed to be. He's dressing like Marty McFly. I don't get it. Now he's one of the most interesting stars on the show. And even Leon Ruff, as we're watching him at first, was just some undersized guy who couldn't fit in his own belt, is now becoming this underdog that we're all cheering for. So when I say NXT is developmental, I don't mean it as a shot. I'm saying it as a compliment. I've never seen a show so consistently again and again and again with every single person they bring on their roster be able to develop then from someone you don't care about into someone you do care about with just about a 100% success rate. It's incredible to watch. Johan Pena says, no wonder no one likes you, Jack. Look, well, I'm not on NXT. They're not developing my character. It, it's like this. You can sit here and say NXT is developmental. And yes, when you get signed to WWE, you do the trainings. And that happens but at least at one time. There was NXT loops. People who live in Fort Pierce, people who live in Jupiter, people who live in South Haven, Mississippi, saw these newer wrestlers compete. But to do that, to say this is a, a developmental brand, totally undercuts the strive NXT has done on the USA Network. Just because a show has people change their characters or make them more interesting, does that mean it's developmental? There is character development, sure. But I'm not watching The Mandalorian going, oh, this is totally Star Wars developmental. I don't know why they did this. It's its own entity. And it's not fair you say that. I agree with the sentiment. All four of these guys have felt good on this black and gold brand. Yeah, you're missing but it doesn't the point, mean they're just developmental. Oh, you're cutting me off now. You're missing the point. Go go ahead, Jack. (laughs) You're missing the point. The point is that they find a way to develop everyone that's ever come on there. I can't tell you. Name any other wrestling brand in wrestling right now. I'm not saying when I say development, I'm not saying their pecking order of like how important the show is. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying name any wrestling brand today or yesterday, whether it be going back to WCW, whether it be any other brand that has so consistently every single time they have a person join their roster, develop them into something or someone you care about every single time. I'm not saying as a put down Flobo. I'm not saying as a put down Johan. I'm not saying as that they're lesser than anyone else. I'm saying that they are so talented and so good at taking something and developing it into its peak best presentation available for the show it's incredible it's a compliment to them it's not saying that they're not as good it's not saying that they're not equals it's not saying that they're lower on any totem poles it's just saying that when they get something they don't say 
oh, this is what you are. We're putting you out there and that's what you're going to be forever. They're saying, no, we're going to find a way to tweak you and make you better. And we're just like a statue. We're going to chip away every little chunk of stone that doesn't look like a perfect statue until you are perfect. And they're so good at that. It's a total compliment to the people in this match and the, the company in general is what I'm trying to say. With Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory eliminated, who do you have pegged to win the Dusty Cup now? Uh, going in. Um, I still say grizzled young veterans. I think they're grizzled the guys. Young, young veterans. <laughs> yeah, they're going to develop into Dusty Cup winners. You know, you just. I'll I let you have the last word. You won the argument, but then the same super kick after the fact. This is why I can't deal with you on this show, your show, Evan's show. I can't. I can't. Okay. Um. <laughs> Um, no, but um, uh, I do. Uh, I did want to say though, I loved the um, Gargano theory and rough Kushida match. I thought it was great. I just thought Kushida cheated a little bit by using a move to finish the match and win with that. Uh, he hasn't beaten Gargano with before, so Gargano didn't have the chance to scout it. I just think it was an unfair kind of cheap, cheap way to get a win. Speaking of cheap wins, Karrion Cross had a match with Ashanti Adonis, and it looks like he's working on that elbow action. The entrance is there. All the things we were talking about this on text today. Mm -hmm. uh, you were saying that this version of Cross just ain't slapping. Has the time of wrestling changed from NXT where it was back in 1718 to where it was now? Thoughts about the return of Karrion Cross, real quick. No, what I was saying with, with Karrion Cross, it just it feels like I wish I could have seen him in 1718 where it felt like there was um a little bit more firepower on the roster uh the roster i like the roster now but nxt as it is it tends to do it builds up it gets a lot of firepower and then it's one of those brands that gets sort of pillaged by uh smackdown and raw and a lot of people get pulled from that brand and brought on to smackdown and raw and then nxt has to reload a little bit i would have liked to have seen carrying cross as he is during the height of Tommaso Ciampa, during Aleister Black as a um, as a champion, back when the Undisputed Era were a little bit more aggressive in what they were doing. I would like to see him in maybe even farther back with like a Samoa Joe on the roster and seeing how he handled those kind of people uh, on the roster with him as opposed to now where it feels like a lot of the top guys are still sort of reloading, so to speak. Yeah, but the match itself, I mean, this guy is on a tear. And I guess. I, I mean, it was a. Uh, it, it was what it was. It wasn't meant to be a uh, a classic, you know. Um, I I do think that uh, Desmond Troy gets the the Dud Award. Why'd you jump in the match after that? Just pull your buddy out of the ring and get out of there. You know it's what I'm saying? About, it's all about theater, man. Because later on, when he goes, "Why'd you help me?" He'd be like, "Oh, but I showed up, man. I'm sorry. Nah, <laughs> I attempted." <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. If you get punched in the back of the head by Karen Cross, I'm gonna look the other way. <laughs> Why do I keep everybody every week? If you tell me every single week you'll sell me out, <laughs> you'll get me chopped by Walter. I'm going to hit the back of the head by Karrion Cross. I want to hear Karrion Cross go tick tock and make, oh, the phone. Goodbye. Wow. wow. Okay. Uh, 
Speaking of people who are messed up, <laughs> uh, uh, Santos Escobar comes out uh, and really much says he is the future of Lucha. Lucha House Party somehow objects to this, and Curse Stallion gets involved as well. Question I have for you about the entire segment. It looks like 205 Live is getting more love because there's more Dusty Cup matches on that brand. It looks like all the uh, 205 matches are on the NXT in, in the Capital Wrestling Center. Is this the real authentic way they're going to try to make 205 Live buzzworthy? It's been about three or four years since it has. Um, I don't know if they need to make it really buzzworthy, to be honest. Like, they have good matches, and it's fine. I think the kind of people who are watching 205 Live are the kind of people who are always going to watch 205 Live. The wrestling fans that enjoy that those kind of matches, um, I think it's be fine. I don't think – you're never going to get 205 Live to have 2 million viewers like SmackDown. It's, so I don't think – I don't know if it's really necessarily worth trying to build that brand, but I think it's a great place to have those wrestlers have a chance to show out and do their thing. That said, I left this segment saying to myself, Santos might be my favorite wrestler going into under WWE's umbrella right now. I love him. I love his team. I love his look. I love his style. He is the true cruiserweight champion, and there's no exception to that. He's the guy, and I like that he even called it out. He was taking shots at every other champion, even taking shots at guys like Karrion Cross. In fact, I think that it's not going to be long before he trades in that cruiserweight title for another piece of gold, one that maybe encompasses the entire brand. Mm. I think he's ready for it, man. He's That was such a good, good run on the microphone. I love how he called everyone out. I think he's got the style, the look. He stands out from everybody else. He doesn't look like any of the other stars that are winning that title. I think he's great. I, he's he's pro probably my favorite person on that brand, easy, uh, but maybe under the entire WWE umbrella at this moment. Interesting choice, but I can't knock you for that. Uh, speaking of champions, it feels like Danny Burch only Larkin is going to have a match next week against Finn Balor, and Finn Balor goes backstage the undisputed hour, looks Adam Cole in the eye, and asks Kyle O'Reilly to be his date next week. I don't know. Does it mean that Kyle O'Reilly's new leader of the undisputed era? Maybe. Um, yeah, I thought that was a little weird. That, that seemed like a bad move on Finn Balor's part. Uh, because not for any reason other than the fact that Kyle O'Reilly's getting over an injury. If I'm picking a tag team partner, I wouldn't pick a guy who just had his jaw messed up. I would want to pick a guy who seemed more fresh, a little more, you know, ready to compete. But Finn Balor did what he did. He picked the guy he picked. Now, if I'm Adam Cole, I am getting a little jealous. I am getting a little worried. Why aren't you picking me? Why aren't I the guy? Hell yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're in this business, you're like, no, we're all equal. We're all friends. Then you don't belong here. You got to be the guy that says, I'm number one. I'm the dude. There's a reason that Finn Balor is the champ. It's because he says he's the guy. He doesn't say, no, all my little buddies are, we're all equals. No, he's like, no, the business watches me. That's what, that's the difference between him and where Adam Cole is right now. And if I'm Adam Cole, I'm saying, look, if I have to throw each and every undisputed era member under the bus to get back to the promised land, that's what I'm going to do. Now, whether or not he does that is up to him. But, yeah, Adam Cole should be a little butthurt about that. He should be mad about that. He should be going, what, you, why didn't you ask me? Why did you ask my injured buddy? I think he should take it very personally. Yeah, maybe Adam Cole might get involved. And lastly, this week we had the colossal Bronson Reed 
in a match against Tyler Russ, a match that Tyler Russ actually requested against the wishes or behind the back of his new manager, Malcolm Bivens. And of course, it doesn't really go well for Tyler Russ, but a lot of things in play here. I love the ambition of the guy, but one, Bronson's colossal, and two, how does your manager not know what you're doing, Jack? This was probably one of the bits that won't get a lot of discussion. There's a reason we're talking about it near the end of the show here. Uh, but I think in the future, this will be the catalyst for some of the most interesting stuff going on in NXT very soon. One, Bronson Reed's great. We both love him. We're both big fans of him. Uh, so him getting this win, but also the little uh, run-in with Mr. Steal Your Girl Swerve, uh, I think is very interesting and fun to see how that's playing out. No. Um, I also really liked that there's a little disconnect between Rust and Bivens. It's always very easy. You know, ma managers and their clients always seem to get along when we're watching these shows. But that's not how real life works, you know, Flo. But we've all had people that we work for that – help set up different gigs and things for us. You and I know what that's like, and you rarely get along with them, actually. Yeah. You usually hate them. Jack uh, tells me out, that's why. And so what I actually really like seeing, the fact that Russ went and looked out for himself, and Bivens was like, whoa, what are you doing? This isn't a good idea. And I like Russ finding out that, yeah, maybe it wasn't a good idea. As far as the match goes, I loved it. It was the double-edged sword, though, of two up-and-comers that I really like having a great match and the whole time me being like, well, no, I don't want either of them to lose. I want them to both win, but you can't always get what you want. Uh, I like seeing Bronson Reed win, though, and I think that Tyler Rust's got a great future either way. This was fun. I liked it, and like I said, I think uh, by the time the next takeover rolls around, the repercussions of what we saw tonight from this segment will be much stronger than a lot of the other things that we've seen tonight. But you can't always get what you want uh shots mm -hmm. about you got yourself your opinion says about two, uh, 205 lives they're going to try to make it a viable brand business is going to work elliot fletcher said i can't wait for the eventual adam culver's mm -hmm. kyle rally match takeover if you guys haven't which i know you guys all have have the ROH stuff is modern classics uh dylan matthew says that bronze reads a for, for future nxt champ i agree if not mm -hmm. on the other roster and Elliot also says, when Russ finally wins the title, it's finally going to be great with the story from this point to finally trusting Bivens. I hope so. I mean, Bivens is one of those guys I've been told that he is fantastic, and he kind of is. Well, excuse me. The artist formerly known as Michael Biv Mike Malcolm Bivens is fantastic. But as far as inside the WWE umbrella in space, has left a lot to be desired. You see him on Twitter, like, thirsting over Zia Lee. You see him <laughs> sign a tag team and then disappear. Like, he needs a win as much as Tyler Russ does. So hopefully he gets it working in his favor. Yeah. But, Jack, you know what time it is. Mm-hmm. It's now time for the MVP of NXT, presented to you by Gameware. This is where we ask Jack Farmer and myself to come up with one person, one tag team on NXT or NXT UK that really stood out for you. So, Jack, who, in your opinion, the MVP of NXT. Yeah, it's always so tough every week. Um, and honestly, I kind of change my mind throughout the show every week. But this week, I'm going to go with uh, the guy that got the biggest win of the week. And by big, I don't just mean name value. I mean weight value. Rampage. He got a huge Whoa. win over Master in just his third match in a slugfest, a beatdown a rough and tumble rumble that you all got to check out if you're not watching NXT UK. I go Rampage. That win was huge, and it showed that he's not one of these guys just going to clean up the undercard. He's going for the big guys, and I think he's going to make a big statement soon in UK. 
Wow, what a surprising choice. It's a, it's a very valid choice, but I thought you would have picked who I was going to pick, Casey Catanzaro. Here's somebody that was going to quit wrestling because she wasn't feeling herself, but she stuck with it, rolled with her crew, and she basically showed out in a the first tag team match of a new tournament where expectations were high. She walked away with the spot of the night. That's right, inside a term, spot. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Casey Catanzaro, the former American Ninja Warrior. But Rampage Brown, you can't really knock that one as well. I mean, she was, I definitely, she was one of the people I was thinking about. So, yeah, great, great pick also. Yeah, uh, and also on our sister show, Elite the Week, uh, and I know this is if you guys are watching both sides of the Wednesday Night War, we thank you because you all love wrestling fans. Jack loves putting charts together, so I would love to see, uh, the year is over, how many MVPs of NXT would be uh, chosen between you and I, because I got a feeling when it's all said and done, both Casey and Rampage will pick up a couple weeks, easy. Yeah. I definitely think they will. I don't think they've got bright futures. I think this is going to be a big year for Casey, by the way. This is going to be a big year for her. Is she your breakout star? Of the women's division, yeah. I, I, I would feel comfortable putting <laughs> that in there. Uh, yeah. No, no. I, I had to think real quick, who else could it be? And I'm thinking anyone else that you would give that award to I already broke out, or they've already kind of had a year. You know, like you, you wouldn't give Shotzi – the breakout star of the year anymore. That was 2020. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. Um, all the other people that you would think of giving that shot to have already been around too long to say they're a breakout star. I think when you look at the people who are... Uh, Zia Lee, though, actually. That's, that's, Zia is a good choice. That's the, uh, that's the one that would hang me up. I think Zia Lee might actually be the, the breakout star of the year there. Finally. Uh, uh, but, yeah. Jack Farmer, it's quitting time. But high time we get out of here and ride for the sun. Do cowboy ish with our buttless chaps. Where can the world find you online, good sir? When I'm not wearing my buttless chaps, you can find me on social media at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. You can also check me out, as mentioned earlier, on Elite of the Week every Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific Time Live. Or you can check us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts the next day. We rank all the wrestlers, well, the top 10 wrestlers from AW Dynamite. It's a fun show, as well as the Everything Tournament, which we're going to be doing in about an hour after this is over. We are breaking down the biggest badasses of all time, not just wrestling, but in movies and TV and in real life. We figure out who the greatest badass of all time is. Join along for that. It's always fun, ridiculous arguments. If you're listening to this on the audio version, the show is called The Everything Tournament at twitch.tv slash cococena. That's C-O-C-O-A-Cena. But as for me, I'm Flobo Boys. You can follow me at Flobo Boys on Twitter, at Flobo Boys on Instagram, at Flopito at Instagram, traipsandgold.com, flopito.com, newamsterdam.com, K-N-E-W, amsterdam.com. But until next time, Jack Farmer, say the words. Do your best and be yourself.